You're listening to the team Top Figure Podcast. Your one-stop shop for entrepreneurship, lifestyle, and motivation. How's it going, everybody? It's your boy Top Figure Sal back with another key cast. And it's your boy Top Figure Wisdom. We are back with another episode, and we got a special guest here, man, the owner of Apple Auto himself. Uh, we're going to be talking about how he started not only one dealership, four dealerships, and how he started from nothing and how the process was in his journey. Yeah, man, introducing the man himself. I'll let him introduce himself and give himself a little intro, man. Uh, sure, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast. This is Chris Galbrinson. Uh Yeah, with Apple Autos, we have actually five dealerships, four four new car stores, and one used car store. So we'll we'll let that one slide. <laughs> but yeah, so family business. So I actually, have, you know, my father uh, built the business for twenty five years. I've been working there for twenty five myself. Um, you know, starting out doing stuff like picking up cigarette butts in the grass and mowing the grass and, and working in the quick lane and working in parts and kind of all over the dealership. So, but it's been fun, you know, it's, it's a great business. It's changing a lot. I mean, I think you'll see in the next 10, 15, 20 years with electrification, autonomous, online transactions, the business is changing a lot right now. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You just mentioned how it's changing a lot. Um, what is your input on like how Tesla's making like self-driving cars and like how electricity is really taking over? Most of the cars are going to be like electric just because it's like friendly for the economy and things like that. Do you find it harder to sell like the regular cars just due to those things? Uh, I think, you know, in Minnesota and just in the market in general, I mean, Tesla's a very small piece of it. Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, our products, I mean, the number one vehicle in America is still the F-150. And the Chevy Silverado is actually announced number three. The Dodge Ram is number two. So most people are buying trucks. But you will see a big influx of electric cars. Uh, Ford's got their first full electric coming out next year. It's like an SUV based on a Mustang. It's really fast. It's got like a 300-mile range. So it's, it's going to be like a, a Tesla Model X. And what Tesla doesn't have is they don't have... You know, as many dealerships, as many people selling cars. So you'll see a big influx. I mean, I think in two to three years, you'll see dozens of electric cars coming on the market, which is going to be tough on Tesla because they've they've kind of been the lone soldier for the last few years. So that's 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 a really good perspective that you have. The um, I was wondering, you know, I get a lot of my you know friends that ask me about, you know, hey you know, they think that they're getting scammed a lot. You know, in the industry of, you know, cars, they'll tag me along and they'll tell me like, hey, can you come out to this? I'm thinking of buying a car. They don't really understand, you know, what the buying process is like and, you know, what, you know, the different options that are there and all that kind of stuff. So um, what do you say to them, you know, as far as like, you know, helping them understand how, you know, inviting it is and how easy it is to actually buy a car nowadays versus before? Right. So I think that's a really good question because a lot of people, they, they're afraid to go buy a car because they just have the perception they're going to get ripped off. And that's that's one thing. You know, we've been best price for 25 years. So the price on the window is the same on the website and it's the best price for everyone. So the, the deal is really at a lot of stores, the car salesman is working against you. You know, their job is to sell you the car for the most they can and take in the trade for the least they can. 
Where with best price, we just make the price the same. It's a low price. And then the trade is the same too. So that's like, you know, we get one shot at it. So we want to make it as fair as possible. So you come in, you send your friends and family in. Whereas at a, a typical dealership, you know, they're commission-based. So they're going to make 20, 25, 30% of what they can make in profit. And oftentimes, you know, they'll have cars that are below cost. And so they're selling them really cheap so they get you into the store. But then when it's time to look at your trade-in, let's say it's worth ten grand, they'll tell you it's worth six, And that's called under-allowing. So then they take that 4000 add it to the, to the gross profit, and that salesman's making a G. So it's really like you don't even know you're getting taken advantage of, and you are. So with best price, it's really on the table. There's really a few different ways that car dealerships make money on the sale. One is you know, what they sell the car for, they're making profit there. Mm -hmm. Two is the trade, or they're making money on the trade or taking it in for less than the retail value. Three is the interest rate. You know, are they they marking that up? Are they charging money, extra money on that? Um, And then four is all the aftermarket products. So whether it's warranties or aftermarket. Makes sense, makes sense. So let's take it, let's take like a few steps back, you know. So you mentioned you've been in the car industry for over 25 years. Was there a point before that you wanted to do something else? Like maybe this wasn't your passion. Did you ever find yourself ever looking at other things rather than just in the auto industry, you know? Uh, Definitely, definitely. So, you know, like you guys, I got the bug for music at an early age. And, I, you know, I worked in in the dealership in high school. And then I, I got really into techno and underground. And I actually did in high school, I did a couple raves which is before your time, that's like big underground warehouse, illegal parties, um, you know, hired security, hired Minneapolis off-duty cops, hired DJs, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I was surprised because my, my father was really supportive of that, actually. He came to both of them, you know, came at like 2 in the morning and picked up the money and all that stuff. And so he was like, this is very entrepreneurial, which is, is what he is at heart. Uh, so I did that. Then I went to college in Madison, Wisconsin. At UW, and uh, after that, I moved to Chicago for a few years and worked at a company that was a nightlife promotion company. We did all the big DJ events, you know. Back then, it was Paul Oakenfold, Paul Van Dyke, Chemical Brothers, all those guys, and so we did probably three to four club nights a week. Uh, I did that for three and a half years, and and you know, just came to realization like. It's fun, but it's not necessarily a career for me. Like, I want to get back in the car business and be in, in retail. And so I move home and, and uh, you know, just started back in the dealerships. That is pretty cool because that's one thing that we're kind of, you know, seeing in Minneapolis and, like, how do we take, like, you know, the current – Minneapolis doesn't have a lot of fun things to do, you know, especially compared to, like, the larger, bigger cities. And we are, you know, curating, like, nice experiences that people can go out to and, you know, have fun at. And, like, that's what we're doing with the Moxie and the Armory and, like, partnering with those type of people. So I'd be curious, like, you know, to come out to that and, like, you know, check that out and see if you have that itch still, you know what I mean? <laughs> to to see how that, you know, how, the sp- how Minneapolis is, you know, uh, doing it. And even to get your input on, like, how – the nightlife scene here can do it, you know, because I'm sure you're probably out of it or you married, you married now. Yeah, you have two kids now. Right, right. But yeah, I would love to uh, check out what you guys are up to. And that's what I was interested because in, I saw it on Instagram and, yeah, you know, okay. Dead Mouse and, and actually like, 
you know, some of my friends, I mean, one of them was Dead Mouse's agent for a long time that I went to college with. And so I've kind of known about that scene. But in Minneapolis, I really haven't been out to the clubs or anything for many, many years. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. 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 Yeah. But so like you said, you went to like um, University of Wisconsin. What were you like studying? Like what were you going for? And on top of that was working at the dealership in your mind while going to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it, it always was. I studied marketing and management there. So I've always liked business. I've always liked that, you know, you can take an idea and turn it into, you know, turn it into money, turn it into customers and a business and really make that go. And so I've always loved ideas like that. Um, and so, yeah, in school, I mean, I did some stuff where uh, I would think I interned at a, uh, a company that did a CRM program, customer relationship management. So I was still working in dealerships a little bit that way. That company got sold to ADP, which is a, is a huge company. Yeah, but they do a lot of automotive software as well. And so I met a lot of people through that that, uh, that influenced me and were involved in auto. And even when I lived in Chicago working in the promotions company, I still would go to auctions and buy cars and, so it's as simple as, you know, you buy something at X dollars, you know what you can sell it for and, you know, you get the difference. So it's uh, so always just kind of had my foot in the uh, in the in the game. That is a, so something to tie into that. That's, you know, like the whole buying and selling for hire and mm-hmm. that entrepreneurship niche like you've had it at, you know, very early age, I believe. How do you think, you know, something that a lot of our listeners, you know, are always looking to start something, you know, and dive into something. Do you see college as the path or do you recommend that for them? Or do you think that it's a, um, it's an avenue that helped you out or, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good question. Cause college really, like I'm not using anything I learned in college necessarily. I mean, there were good concepts. I met a lot of cool people, a lot of good friends I still have today. So I think that the experience of it's worth it. But as far as, you know, what I'm doing today, I wouldn't have to go to college. And my father, who, you know, I, I'm taking over with the business from, didn't go to college. And so or he went for a couple of years, I should say, and, and dropped out. But I think it depends on the person if you think that's your journey. But nowadays, there's a lot of careers, especially in the auto industry, like technicians, uh, parts people, even salespeople, that you don't need a college degree. And we have technicians making six figures. But kids just aren't going into that these days because they don't see the future necessarily or the high schools aren't talking about that you can go and make a good living doing something that you don't have to go to college for. So, you know, I think it's it's becoming less and less relevant as time goes on because things are so much based in, you know, in the STEM subjects and math and science and, and you know, the trades that, that college may or may not be the, the uh, place for you. So um, I want to go into like the automotive side of things, like you know, go into something there. I what are your, what are some exciting things that you see currently in the auto space? You know, that's changing, um, whether locally or nationally, mm-hmm. that you see, and like what is something that Apple Autos is doing? You know, to stay on top of that. Well, I think there's the big picture stuff that a lot of people are caught up in right now, like autonomous cars, which I really think are 10, 15 years away. For like full autonomous, that's a long ways off. Electrification is coming. That's coming quick. Uh, More, you know, coming up, I guess a little faster than that is just buying online and seeing, you know, they're... Yeah, Carvana and some of those where you can't see the car, but... Yeah, that's that's a real thing. And so I think we'll, you know, we've 
looked at different technology that can do that. There's still going to be a big portion of the, of the population that wants to come in and actually drive a car and see it. But there'll definitely be people who adopt that that mindset. So we're looking at that. I think, you know, you'll still see consolidation. You'll see bigger dealer groups. You'll see all that. What I think, though, you see when, when you have that is people lose touch with the customer. And as we've seen, even in this market, some of the bigger groups, they lose some of the edge and they lose some of the sales because I think there's less kind of that, that feeling like we really care about the customers, which I still think matters. And being involved in the community, which you know we're heavily involved. I know Walls is really involved in the community as well, but just doing things to give back. And I think that makes a big difference and people recognize that and want to do business with people who are, who are involved. Yeah, great, yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. In terms of like, Let's say to the listeners who are, because some people are like car junkies and Mm -hmm. they're really into cars. Like, what would you say Apple Autos is like the focus of type cars you guys usually sell? Is it like a family car, single person car? Like, what is your focus? You know, it's really, it's all the cars. You know, I mean, we got a full line with, you know, our main stores are Ford is our biggest two stores. Then we've got Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram and a Chevy Buick store for new cars. We sell used cars, too. Yeah, but we sell thousands of cars a year, um, you know, and so it's a big mix. I mean, like I said, the top selling cars in this state are trucks, F-150, Ram, Chevy Silverado. You're seeing less and less car cars, though. I mean, like the Fusion is going away. Chevy's getting rid of some of their cars. And so mid SUVs, Escape, um, Chevy Equinox, I mean, those are all big sellers and probably right behind trucks is the top sellers in the market. So... You know, and per- uh, performance cars, I think, are, are really, you know, you're seeing less and less people buying the Mustangs and Corvettes. They're buying mostly these, you know, practical cars. So I have one big question that a lot of our uh, listeners that, have, that that either struggle with or don't really know how to wrap their head around is in the buying process credit. Is uh, how is Apple Autos with, you know, as far as like um, uh, credit? How do you guys undergo credit? Do you guys have your own? credit agency you guys partner with is it in-house is it um do you guys uh is that something that you guys offer as far as you know how easy is it for somebody to get in and and get a car because it's a a pretty big purchase and you know and you have to have good credit credit most of the time to buy a a new car or a used car you know sometimes so yeah so that's a another good question i mean i think on the credit side of it we have finance people and so we work with like 15 different banks and so we're not extending credit to anyone ourselves we're not a bank but what we do is we submit the application we kind of can tell you know based on credit what bank it should go to because different banks cater to different niches and so you know the good news is since we sell a lot of cars we have a good relationship with the bank so oftentimes they may buy deeper or buy more deals for us than they might for someone else because of the relationship. And then you also get into, you know, what someone's story is or why their credit is how it is. Mm-hmm. Co-signers can help, uh, you know, Ford's got programs like a first time buyer program. So if you don't have much credit, that really helps and extend you more. Or if you're in college, they have a college buyer program where you actually get an extra rebate plus they're more generous on their credit terms. So there's lots of ways to do it. But but I think, you know, I think as, as young people, uh, one of the biggest things, if you have a credit card or you have a payment or, a, a you know, a rent payment, 
make that payment on time because they look at that. And if you even have a couple blips in that, it can really affect the interest rate that you're paying. So even if you get a car and you get credit, you may be paying three times the interest that someone else is. So it's super important. So that's awesome. Like, do you have anything else to like tap into that you can think of that? Um, really, uh, just uh, let the people know like where they could find you on the socials, like different ways like that. Yeah, well, you can check our website is www.appleautos.com. We're on Instagram at at appleautosmn, and then we're also on Facebook. So we're definitely posting lots of content getting more into that but you can definitely uh check out all our inventory and check out our stores online awesome awesome so yeah no with that we'll add our his socials in there on the uh, podcast description and everything and i appreciate you guys all for listening it was a nice episode we got to bring on somebody from the car industry and get a good perspective so yeah we appreciate you coming on the podcast and with that being said we are the top figure podcast we will give you endless keys to open endless doors and we are out